I'm confident in my skill set. I'm confident in my work, my knowledge, and I'm confident in my opinion. But I am so not confident in my emotions. They're a fucking mess. And I hide them with all the other bravado, you know. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline the Podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. This episode is produced in partnership with Estee Lauder and it's an evolution of our Self-Care Sundays mini-series. I sit down with some of the brand's inspiring ambassadors and friends to have an honest conversation about life on the other side of the filter and this season, to explore their relationship with the word confidence. What does confidence really mean to women, and what does having it help us to achieve? So if you already adore following women like Eleanor Pendleton and Kirsten King, Estee Lauder and I hope you enjoy getting to know them on a deeper level. For this instalment, I sat down for a second time with one of the most passionate, and expressed women I know, Pip Edwards. We first recorded together in season one, and as I share with Pip in this honest conversation, it's actually one of Offline's most downloaded episodes. 19 months later, Pip opens up about what confidence means to her, turning 40 and the confronting realities that can come with that number, her recent reflections about ambition, choices, and the sacrifices she's had to make, being a single parent and making space for love, raising a conscious son, using fashion to express the way she's feeling, and why her makeup is no longer a mask. Before we get into the conversation, I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge Pip's honesty and raw expression. She continues to give us all of herself, and that is very rare, so I'm thankful. Okay, here's beautiful Pip and I for this special Self-Care Sundays episode in partnership with Estee Lauder. We were just saying that we've both had Mm. a very self-reflective I guess, what are we now, a couple of months in to isolation? Mm. Um, how are you? I feel like we can say we're kind of coming out of it. I feel like we're... It's lifting. Yeah. How are you feeling coming on the other side? Um, I have to say that the the pace, um, the slowing down of pace has been amazing, um, but I'm loving the energy of the lift. Um, I think... Coming out, I've really, I've really gone to all corners of life. I've really um, confronted a lot um, in self, just self revelations. There's been a lot of them, um, so I'm kind of grateful that I had that time where there was no pressure or no FOMO or no hardcore schedule, or I've been able to stay put and really sit with it. Mm. I think this is like 
the ultimate privilege that we have to yeah. be able to isolate mm. in I actually comfort. think I didn't even use it, utilise it to the best of I, the, the way I could have because I had all these grand plans of, I mean, and there you go, grand plans out the window, but like fixing the wardrobe, having a bath every day. Like I was going to have all these things that I, all these privileges that I've never had. I still never even got to that. <laughs> Do you know, I, I really, the pace really slowed down that I just was like, just would find myself wandering around <laughs> my four walls, like really analyzing my space. Well, this is big for you because I actually did think about you and women like you who are constantly on a plane. Yeah. Who are in back-to-back meetings all day, yeah. who live life at on. like on all the time. Yeah. And to suddenly and I've been a stop. bit offline. You have well, not. to help. <laughs> not, not, not on social media, but, you know. I've got the merch kept on. That, kept there. Yeah, the merch is good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a shock to the system. Um, initially, but a welcomed shock, I have to say. Mm. Um, I didn't really know what to do with myself, but I've picked up a few new skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cooking. Cooking. <laughs> Cooking, cleaning. Um, I had this day, I don't, I don't know, don't even know, I mean, this could, I could frame it wrong, but I had this day, you know, I took, Justice was having one day back at school, so I took him to school, went to work, had a massive day at work because we were allowed to go back into the office, came home, but, but still utilised my ISO time and was like, prepared dinner, cooked dinner, put the washing on. Like I, I literally felt like I was every woman in one day. Mm-hmm. And that was really rewarding. To and I, I mean, not, that I, not that. even to say that. It's not even to say I need to be every woman, but I really, put, you know, pat myself on the back going, I, I just in this one day I did all aspects of what it means to me to be a full woman. Mm-hmm. Solo. Solo. And the thing that we, we've we been programmed, it's a question I had for later, but maybe I'll ask it now, like what is your view on this concept of being it all and having it all? Because I think we've subscribed to something that is a fallacy and yeah, it's making it's us impossible. sick. Yeah, it's impossible. I think um, during, isol- during isolation, um, yeah, Victoria Beckham put up a post and it was something like, you know, we can't expect us to be the parent, the teacher, the businesswoman, the, all, at, all at the same time. And that, and that pressure was really um, heightened during isolation for many, many women, like trying to juggle it all. Like we talk about the juggle. Mm. Now that was the juggle and that was real and it was in a confined space and it was like a pressure cooker. And I had I felt that pressure too. Like I had to do it all. I had to make sure I was there, you know, coaching justice through it, nurturing justice through it, nourishing justice through it. Also, while doing the same for my business. Mm. And what about myself? And when I realized that you can't actually do all those things at the same time, and there's the ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Like some days I'm more of the nurturer, some days I'm more of the businesswoman, and that's when I started to kind of get into the groove of accepting that pressure. Mm-hmm. I think the pressure is on when you think you have to be it, all of it, at the same time. Mm. And you never can. It's a fallacy. It's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, you know, hats off to hats off to those women that have multiple children and had to cheat, you know, had to, you know, even though the stay-home mums, like hats off to those women, hats off to the women that work every day, hats off to all women, mm. honestly, the to keep a household together is a lot, mm-hmm. um, a lot emotionally, physically, mentally. And then to, I just, yeah, to stay within the four walls 
and really face all of that. Um, yeah. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> um, can we go back to our first episode? So you were episode eight and I've now done over 60. Can you believe oh, that? Oh, wow. I know. So it was 19 months ago. <laughs> um, how? Like, let's just reflect on that because your episode, um, mm. this might be surprising to you or not, is one of my highest performing. So it's one of the most listened to episodes I've done. Wow. I still get DMs about it. Really? And the shape of those DMs usually sounds a bit like, wow, I had no idea mm. that she was so deep, so progressive, so educated, mm. so experienced. Mm. What was your experience like on the back of that episode? Yeah, I had similar similar feedback, I guess. You know, you, you, you are what you project and this has been my problem is that I think maybe – one foot in the fashion industry and one foot in the social media world, you only can only project so much. And a lot of what I project um, is real. It definitely is real, but it is it is business oriented. Mm. So I don't. There's not a lot of the the earthy um, grounding, um, reflective. I, I'm at, for an extrovert. I'm actually. A very sensitive introvert. Mm-hmm. You are. So, uh, how do you how do you project that? How mm. do you show? And what's the point of showing all of that? Mm. Um, but what's been great is to actually um, to do that through these kind of channels. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so people can get to know you. Yeah. Um, I remember you were really ready to speak, and you. <laughs> <do> you remember <laughs> you were like, "Let's go, let's, let's go, go, let's go." <laughs> um, and I was like, "Yay, exciting! Oh, fast pace, fast pace." <laughs> Um, and one of the biggest things for you at that time was this real evolution of leaning into your feminine and finding oh, your I grace knew you were and softness. I going to bring this up again and I've really just hit it again. This week's been all about that. Okay, so as my question was, has that deepened again in the last 19 months? Yeah, I um, since, I've, since we chatted, I went definitely on a journey of understanding the dance <laughs> between the feminine and the masculine in me and I then – probably hardcore lent more into the masculine. And at times, like even leading up to, I'll, I'll say up to our time in isolation, I've, I've been very masculine again, um, yearning to be soft, yearning to be soft. And But my situation just doesn't lend itself to be soft. You know, like I just even talked about before, you've got to hold the fort. You've got to, mm. you know, you've got to operate in in that strength. But this week... What I've learned, or what I potentially could have just sacrificed, or by being so fierce or being so independent, is is uh, yeah an opportunity to really be that vulnerable. Um, I want to be that vulnerable. I am vulnerable, mm. but my pattern and my protective defense mechanism fucking kicks in every fucking time. Mm. I'm like a pit bull. I really am. And I don't know how to break it mm. because experience would say you're the only one that can get you through this life. So you've got to have the walls up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm good to be soft. Mm. I'm good. I'm ready. I just need to really pick and choose mm. who I allow that to be with mm. so that it's not protecting myself. I'm yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. But how, like, when you're running this, you know, empire, 
how do you how do we do that? How do we make space for the softness? Like it's kind of like you got to fucking schedule the soft. It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I think what's been great during this time is that the softness has come in through the nesting mm. um, and being a very I've always been a very present mother, FYI. I've just had to fit it into a schedule. And this time I've never not, he has, he's, my nurturing has actually come first. Mm. So nurturing my son, creating a home that feels warm and soft and inviting, um, rearranging the energy in this house, um, yeah, the feminine has really come through there. Mm. The cooking and being proud of cooking. I don't know, this sounds crazy. Like you think everyone cooks. I never fucking cooked, okay? I've had a mother who's been a great cook. I've had partners that cook. The thing is I can cook mm. and that's been a great joy. And my son's very picky eater and I've found meals that he loves that I cook. Oh, my God, who am I? <laughs> but they're the... That's the softness. Yeah. More of that. I and felt it, so it when it, I walked in here. Yeah. Like we've got like, yeah, beautiful incense on, the candles are on. I I have to tell you like energetically when I walked in I felt very held. Yeah. And I was like this is going to be so nice. Yeah, well, it's my sacred space. I, I don't let a lot of people in here. We've had a few photo shoots. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't let a lot of people in mm. to talk in this space. Yeah. Um, I'm appreciative. Yeah. So, and we're on my favourite couch. Mm. Um, it is beautiful, and, and guess this what? couch. And it's pink. Pink. So what I've also noticed is this pink's been my one colour that I'd never go near, would never touch pink. Um, and it, it's coming through in, in at home, in the couch, in my artworks. Every Everything has a pink tone to it. The light, the candles, they all create pink. Mm. So there's something, something in that. Something in that. <laughs> An aura. Um, so we're sitting down again, and this time it's made possible by Estee Lauder. Um, so this episode is part of Offline Self-Care Sunday's mini-series in partnership with the brand. And this season we're exploring confidence, which you and I had a brief chat about before we started yeah. recording. So you've just turned 40. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm still 39 because I haven't really celebrated. Celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> It's not real until you're out. Um, but I'd love to start there. And the question I have for you is if you think about like the energetic disposition of confidence, like the shape of the energy around confidence, mm-hmm. how is yours different now to mm. the type of confidence you had in your 20s and 30s? Mm. I've always been boisterous and I think or being I've been loud and full on and um, – opinionated and all those things and sometimes that gets misconstrued for confidence and I think in my early 20s and 30s um I just was I was flying I just I just I I was I'm a free spirit at, at at the core of everything so I just was running with it and I think I had an I had an air of confidence but I didn't know what it meant I didn't know what to do with it um I think now in my as I've turned 40 the confidence comes from awareness or the confidence comes from actually having lived, having been hurt, having felt joy, having seen it all and to be and able to still, still, stand, still stand there on my own two feet um, and can say that um, 
not not that I survived, but I'd li- I've lived a full life. Mm. I've lived a very full life, mm. you know, at the cost of some things, sacrificing a lot, but but they, they were my choices. Mm. So confidence comes from understanding and accepting the choices. Mm. Do you ever think about, I've been thinking about this a lot for myself, like lately as Tony and I have re-embarked on our trying to have a baby. Yeah. I gave it a, it, gave it a rest last year. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I need to just well, enjoy my wine and have a life and focus on my business. But we've kind of been back in train this year. And I've been thinking a lot about um, the ambition behind my choices, I guess. The and purpose like, or the why. Exactly. Do you think about that yeah, a lot? Yeah, all the time. Who am I doing this for? Who do I do that for? I mean, to just to give a little snapshot of some reality, um, early this year before turning 40, um, I was kind of hit with the proposition of menopause, you know, and I wouldn't normally talk about something so personal, but that that is to your point. Mm. Um, how can a 39-year-old suddenly have have menopause and not been prepared for that conversation and, and that life, life shift or that dream shift of being able to... It's a pretend, dream shift. It's a dream shift. Mm. And, um, you know, the potential of not being able to have more kids and all that, it just... Um, I, I went into a hole of wh- why have I been living this fast-paced life? What have I been doing it for? What have I missed out on? All, the, all, the, all, those, all those questions... Um, and also similarly looking at justice and going, fuck, did like he's been there the whole time. Did I take him for granted too, mm. you know? Um, but you've been so present for him. I know. have been present for him, but I always want more. Yeah. We always want more. Well, when we see ourselves with. And I guess that's the thing behind mm. ambition though. Why do we want more? And and it was literally only a week ago, like I um, every morning I go outside and I sit in my garden and have my coffee and just kind of think. <laughs> and I just actually had to go. I- I'll always want more. That's my nature. I'm more, mm. more, more. I'm pretty fucking happy. Yeah. In a way. I'm, I don't oh, go in and out of feeling happy, mm. but I, I kind of took stock and looked around. And I was like, I've got the best child in the world. I have a fantastic business that I love doing every day. I, ha- I have a beautiful home. This is enough. Near, that's near a beautiful beach um, that I built. Mm. Maybe this is this it. This is it. <laughs> this is 40. It's not exactly how I thought it would look like, mm. but this is it. And and it is all those things. It is all those dreams that I've had. They just, they just look different. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is interesting to reflect on. They look different, but they also feel different when we're in them. Yeah. It's, it's wanting something is one thing. Getting it and embodying it oh, is completely another. The grass just isn't greener and I, I need, we all need to take more stock of actually what's right in front of us. You know, I'm saying this to tell myself, to be mm. honest with you. Like, um, I think it's great wanting more, you know, obviously in a business sense with the ambition side, that that, that passion is what drives a business. Mm. I think if you don't want more, and it's not about success, it's about wanting to do more, then you won't have that drive mm. to, to actually create that. But when it comes to your personal life, wanting more is more problems. Mm-hmm. 
right? More complexity. More complexity. You know, can you really take on it? Can mm. take on what more you want? Like, I mean, I'm I'm full to the brim. Mm. And I should be really stoked. Yeah. And I say that with slight sadness. Well, it's like what comes up for me is how do we what is the solve for that? Like here I am, the person who's like meditating twice a day, who's drinking the fucking herbs. Doing all the textbook stuff. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like how do you shift into what is that? Is it like um, embodied gratefulness? It's like that you truly believe it's enough and you feel it versus going, I really should feel that this is enough. It's only when you have the space, Mm. the time space. Are you feeling like you wish you had a little bit more time now or are you back in now where you're like, because part think, of me I is think, like, I want to keep. Yeah, no, no. I think I'll keep alone. a level of balance. I think, I think we've established that um, the business can go on without my foot on the pedal, mm. so to speak. Um, and just having those moments in the morning where I can take my time and have my coffee and think or go for my walk or, you know, before going to work, like before it was like, get up, fucking go. Yep. Get, go. You can't, no, can't think, outfits laid out, got to go, out the door, like yep. that. And that, that, that oh anxiety, gosh. I now look at it like anxiety. Me too. Um, isn't necessary. I think you get more work done when you're in that space of. Reflection. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a part of the journey too. I think if you're always on and you're always more, you, you can miss out on opportunities. Mm. So if you sit back a little bit, um, I mean, here again, I'm talking like I'm preaching. Yeah. I ain't listening. Talking, but I ain't listening. Um, I'm trying to. Though. Yeah. And this is the point. Like the fact that we have awareness around it means we are mm. evolving into it. Mm. It's when you're unconsciously putting the clothes on, drinking I, the coffee I, and going. Last year I reckon I operated off the Richter. I can't even um, imagine. I look at your life on Instagram and I'm like, I'm stressed. I don't even, I didn't even, I was just pushed in directions. Like I didn't even, I don't, I can't even remember what, like where you were, where I was, what I was doing. My body was either always in the air or coming down, going mm. up. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, to be honest, and it, and it led to a, a significant breakdown at the end of last year, like mm. a physical one. Mm. So we aren't invincible. Um, we do have limitations, mm. but they're not. Um, they're not. You got to respect your physical limitations. I energetically am boundless. Like you en- are ener- such an energetic person. Energetically, I can keep going. But that doesn't mean I have to, mm. or that your body wants to anymore. Your body will tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's been my story. Yeah. It's I've been feeling the stop. It's like. You know, and to be honest, you need your body for that every bit of confidence as mm-hmm. well. Like if you want to link it back to what is confidence in that Well, that sense. was one of my questions for you is like what does it really mean to you personally because you do come across as such a confident yeah. person and you're this kind of PE Nation woman. And Con- Confidence is I think there's so many definitions to it. Um, you know, the confidence you can see is like, you know, Walks into a room, can own it, can talk to people. She, she. That's is the pip I see. Confidence in herself. I, I'm, I, I'm confident in my skill set. I'm confident in my, uh, my work, my, my working, my, my knowledge, and I'm confident in my opinion. Um, but I am so not confident in my emotions. 
they're a fucking mess. Mm. And I hide them with all the other bravado, you know. So I think true confidence is actually when you can actually, um, you know, I don't know. Well, I feel like what comes up for me is true confidence is embodied confidence. It's like when you're, you've landed in your body. Yeah, you're in your skin. Mm. You're actually not in your head. You're not in your head. You're in your skin. You're in your heart. Mm. And if you can truly operate from there, wow. Because a lot of us, um, the head versus heart thing is is a tough one. And why does it have to be head versus heart? Why does it have to be masculine versus feminine? Why can't it just be? Why why does it have to be one or the other? Do you know what? what What if I just told you I'm me? And at times I'm masculine, at times I'm feminine, at times I'm strong, at times I'm soft. Why can't it just be that? Yeah. Do you know I read this beautiful quote, I can't remember where, duality Mm. is the agony. Ah, And Mm. on top of that, the social um, definitions around or or expectations around what what you have to be. Good, bad. Yeah. that is the agony. Yeah. Why, why? It's, our, it's a Western obsession mm. that we label things one or the other. It's so interesting, yeah. isn't it? But if you look right. at a more Eastern view, it's just totality. It's everything. Totality. It's just me. Nothing is and good it, or bad. And what I mean by the ebb and flow. It's mm. like you just dip in and out of all parts of you. Mm. Um, well, then what would you say to women in their 20s and 30s about confidence? Because, again, I feel like... We want more of it, but there's a disconnect. There was a disconnect for me in my 20s and still sometimes now, but I do feel like I'm in, I'm moving into embodied confidence now and it's more of a state of being. Yeah. But what advice do you have for younger women who want to feel confident? I, I would want the younger woman to really feel, to, 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 to stop, stop, stand back and actually feel, something. feel what is going on and, and not just, race past it or want or want the next step or, or, or want to like fast forward a life of living. Like I think I think it's really important to acknowledge what it is to feel more so when you're younger because let me tell you, it hits you fucking hard when you're older. Mm-hmm. You feel it and you just wonder, I wish I processed a lot of this earlier. This was all happening. Mm. All this stuff's been happening forever but I've only just chosen – to look at it now. To really process it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is really light for a, what, is it Wednesday, Thursday? I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> this is why I love talking to you and there's particular people I've had on the podcast that I'm like, oh, there's round two, three, four, five. <laughs> and like an hour and one conversation is not enough for us because mm. you are just such a beautifully expressed person. It's interesting to hear you talk about the feeling piece and like perhaps not being as in your emotions as you'd like to be. But I, if I can offer you an observation, <laughs> I think you're 100% in your emotion and that's what we I, feel from you. I am 100% in my emotion to my detriment. Mm. I feel things so deeply, so extremely. Mm. I'm so high mm. so low. And I'm cool with that. Mm. It's more about the people around me. Yeah. How they cool with that? How do they handle that? My son, what a fucking legend. Like he cuts through the shit. He sees it black and white. 
He schools me on my emotion. He is so clear. clear. His clarity for a 13-year-old blows my mind. Um, he's my true north, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but matters of the heart, you know, when it comes to love, wow. Mm. I've got a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, we're talking about this because. At 40. I know. I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> At for all you 20-year-olds out there, <laughs> just just hold your horses. <laughs> um, on, on justice, like you've always been so beautifully sort of open with sharing yes. how, that he is your north and your number one and your life partner and you've called him your roommate, which I love. Yes. Tell us about giving yourself permission to grow into the role of mother and I feel like that may be just ever-evolving. Yeah, it is ever-evolving. But the role of mother, what is that? What does that mean? Mm. And I think it's really different for every family. Um, I've definitely struggled with the role of mother and father. Again, that duality. That's why this masculine feminine thing is really exacerbated, I feel, in my situation Mm. because um, as a single mum that operates in a masculine, like the breadwinner operates like the man, holds that, but then has to play this nurturing. Mm. It's just constant. But um, the role I have for justice isn't just mother. (laughs) I I feel my role is everything. Mm. I don't... because I look at him and, yeah, I am his mum, but actually he's grown up so quickly and he's so beautifully sensitive. My role is just I'm, I'm, I'm there to guide, but in fact he guides me. In fact he, his role would probably be more mother mm. to me. God. How nice is that? Yeah. But do you reflect on like, you know, and I know we, we I'm certainly not in a position to like classify anyone's parenting, but like, to look at that boy hmm. and his sensitivity hmm. and his empathy. Um, and that is the one that is the one thing I think as a mother raising a son today. Mm. Um, and it's amazing that even his school, like even Cranbrook acknowledges that empathy is 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 actually what's been missing. Mm. Um but I do think. you look at like this beautiful boy you've raised and you've got to feel so proud of of that. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Into, like that's you. Yes. Well, it's me, it's, you know, and my parents. I, you know, you can't discount a lot of the other influences. Um, and it's been life. He's been exposed. Mm-hmm. He's been exposed. And I, sh- I tell him the truth, mm, which can be contentious. Yeah. And... Other parents, you know, would might may there's some level of my parenting that's very honest. Um, but I would rather the honesty with him, even at thirteen, than him turning sixteen and eighteen and kind of working some shit out. It's mm. so a really getting it now. Well, this is it. I, I'm living my life too. Mm. I'm not going to tippy toe. I have a life to live as well, and we're living it together. We cohabitate. Mm. Um, you know, and if I'm going through something, I've generally shared with him the why or what it is and and, and teaching him to express that too. I think it's really important. I think it's beautiful. To, for him to learn 
to understand those feelings and to understand my reactions to certain things. And so he's conscious when he then enters a relationship, he will be highly aware of what a woman, how she thinks, what she goes through, the craziness, Mm. you know, um, and and he handles me so well. Gosh, I can't wait for that woman to enter his life. She's going to be so loved. Yeah, and so lucky. (laughs) She's so fucking lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Justice, do you have an older brother? (laughs) It's me asking. (laughs) Some long-lost older brother. (laughs) Joke. That we don't know about. Um, Well, then quickly, what advice would you give to um, other new mums, I would say, like if you could talk to the women who are just newly experiencing motherhood, what would you say to them? Don't listen to the noise. There's a lot of noise. Um, You know, don't listen to the noise and feel your way. Each child is different. Each household is different. Each scenario is different. Each relationship is different and there's no blanket way of doing it. It's your way, Mm. you know, and and, and, and be be proud to, to know that you're you're going to do it your your right way for mm. you and your kid. Yeah. yeah, read your kid. Like, look at actually, and this is I guess sometimes I think my parents necessarily didn't do this. That you know they're of a different generation where they looked at me and they just expected me to be X, Y, and Z, right? I look at Justice, um, and he can be X, Y, and Z. But what does he want to be? Who is he? What does he want? And let the child feel their way and their own curiosity. Allow them to be curious rather than dictate. Mm. At times, 100%, you need to dictate. mold and shape <laughs> and boundaries and, you know, you know, set some structure. But don't set so much structure or expectation or pressure that they, they lose the joy of curiosity. Mm, and finding themselves. Yeah. yeah. And when, you know, it's re- this was a fucking clincher. I don't know if I, I probably mentioned it in the other, in our first podcast, but, um, you know, my parents, you know, from the age of three I was drawing, designing. Mum only pulled out the other day. She found all these drawings that I drew when I was 10 of outfits and like like full on tops, bottoms and fabrications and, and, and was always by Philippa Edwards, age 10, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> anyway, and she gave them to me and it was such an amazing, an unsaid lesson to both of us where they pushed me to be so academic and to be so, um, you know, yeah, achievements in, in academia, in profession, in corporate world. <sighs> I said to her, isn't it funny that I always... Came back to my passion. This was here all along. Imagine nurturing that passion. What could have happened? However, it was almost the unnurturing of that passion, that forcing that passion to the side, doing all this other stuff that it was so strong. That passion was so strong, it broke through anyway. Mm. So you will always, you will always end up on your path that you feel most connected to. You just will. You will. And it's and but it took forty years later. Oh, sorry, 30 years later, I had that passion when I was 10 and and that, and that and they never entertained that. Mm. Now it's like it's my fucking livelihood. Yeah. How incredible. Mm. The relevancy of everything we experience, anything we go through, we're meant to fucking go through. Have to. We don't even have to interrogate it when you're in it. No. You're like, right. Well, this is relevant. What, this so. is happening. 
What, how, is this, what is this telling me? How fast am I going to get to the lesson? How fast am I going to find the relevancy of this situation? Yeah, and a lot of that, that's so funny, how fast you're going to get to mm. the, you know, the result. It's like we deny, we deny. We suffer. We, we, put, we yeah. put ourselves through suffering. This is that thing. Yeah. Pain is inevitable. We're all going to feel it. Like yeah. you were saying, it's going to be good sometimes. How long you prolong it for? It's if you choose to suffer through yeah. the pain or if you just accept the pain and be like, that feels different to joy, but it's just a feeling. And it will pass. Or I'm just going to sit here and like suffer in it for a long time and let it like drive yeah. my life and my thoughts. And and I'm not saying that's easy. Like I'm suffering all the time. No, no. But it's the awareness um, it's, around yeah, it. Yeah, I think we've just become accustomed to suffering. Mm-hmm. We've become a. It's been a natural state for all of us, and it's not the natural state. No, choosing joy. <laughs> you know, following that. The it's it's almost like the path of least resistance. Like like that's in that like Ayurvedic meditation teaching. You know, it's like if you didn't have to think, and thing and things presented itself, and you just followed at your whim, at your in your gut with your instinct. How happy. How happy would we be if we didn't have to think? Charm, that's called, yeah, the fine level of feeling. But, again, I sit here before you as this meditator who <laughs> every single day I have to reestablish a connection to my essence. Every yeah. single day. Yeah. It requires. Effort. Effort. It does. I have to say if you want to. And I'm like, when does it become <laughs> effortless? Even, even in this isolation time, like I, I just want to maybe dispel a, a, a kind of not a, a myth, a myth a out myth. there. Yeah, definitely. Like it's been really hard for me to train and exercise in isolation. Now I think you might assume that I might be able to easily, yep, get up and tra- I I don't know if you, got, you guys can't see my backyard right now, but I have a full-on gym set up out there. You do. And I've used it twice. I can't bring myself to do what I what actually motivates me? It's weird. Mm. It's, it's it's so in saying that you the effort to connect. Yeah, it, it's real. It the is, eff- and um, like it's like why am I resisting the thing I know makes me feel good? Why is my head stopping? Suffering. Why is my head stopping me? Mm. I don't know. I shared with Pip before we started recording that I've been running a really unhelpful story in my mind. It's about me questioning if I put my ability to have children on the line so that I could be successful. Deep down, I know it's not true, but there seems to be this underlying sense of guilt that I'm trying to move through. I asked her if she relates to that in any way when it comes to love. Any single parent who also runs their own business might be able to relate here. How do you make space for love and intimacy when you're responsible for ensuring everything runs smoothly, that your kids get a good education, that there's a roof over their head and food on the table. The extended pause. <laughs> um, I really should have made more time. I should make more time. Um, it's It's so hard... To, un- to work out how, when your life is so set up and run like a machine and from your household to your, just your everyday schedule and, you know, and that routine is so fluid and a well-oiled machine when it is just you and justice, 
that other person, it's an interesting dynamic to shift mm. and allow. And, you know, in hindsight I'd been quite ruthless in the past of just this is my way because, again, way as works. a defence mechanism, not because I'm a pit bull or I want to be but I have a lot to keep running and this is how I know, this is the only way I know how to keep everything going. Um, so that, I yeah, I guess that control um, is pretty present and now I just reflect and have learnt. I'm not, I'm not, it's not about going back or trying to change anything, but have learnt going forward that there is, there is time, there, time needs to, I need to make space. Mm. I want it so bad. Mm. I want to, I want to feel love, be in love. I, I crave it. I dream about it. Um, but I need to make space for it mm. and allow, um, and allow someone to step in and and be be my knight in shining armor. Allow that fairy. I can't even believe I even just said that that I want the fairy tale because I'm so not that person. But I I actually am. But that's what we deserve. That's our deserving worth. And you know this is so interesting. Yeah, but I'm so fiercely not the fairy tale. I, I, I am. I am the prince. <laughs> I am the knight in shining I'm the armor. I'm, the, I'm on the fucking horse. <laughs> um, but this is what's so interesting. If I share with you the dynamic I have with Tony, especially when I was leading, a lot of people thought I'd lead in the home and that I would bring in that kind of very yeah. masculine energy and that I would lead the household yeah. and the finances and all this stuff. I walk in that door and I am useless because it was developing, I guess, the surrender that he, whatever, for whatever reason, the male likes to care and protect and yeah. and that big shift of me going, I don't have to be this at home as well, but I think it's actually, it's interesting now because there's more I could be doing in the home, but I'm 10 years in, I'm so used to him taking care all. of everything yeah. that if he ever says to so, me, well, come on, honey, put the washing on, I'm like, but you do it. I work, remember? <laughs> you do it. <laughs> but I, I've just never had, I've never had someone step in and mm. like really take care of me. I've still, and whether or not they might have wanted to, mm. um, I've never let them. I've always had, you know, I'm I'm the single mum. That's my, that's my responsibility. The house, this is my responsibility. I've been really fierce to the bone about what I what I do and I've just I've got to let go. I mm. really do. But do you think like I I think it's hard to be such a public person to let people in to your true world. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's fine for people who I agree. I, I don't really, live more I privately. Really let but, a lot of people in. Um I'm really glad you said that just in case some of these people are listening. <laughs> No, that the, that when I have let them in, it was a it was big for me. Um, oh, God, why do you do this so to I'm me? I'm sorry. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're an Estee Lauder ambassador. I am. And you're a longtime lover of Double Wear Foundation. I am. It's actually 
something that since I started working with the brand, I've just started wearing. So I've got it on. Oh, hello. Today. Yeah. I live I live by it. Yeah. And I've got the trick of the A&R underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing it. Yeah. Especially now because I'm just dry. Also the eye, yeah, the special eye cream too is amazing. amazing. And that is the thing I go out and religiously buy is that eye cream because it's a gel-based yeah, consistency. Yeah, gel-based. And I, yeah, I quite like the dewiness. Yes. I'm a, Just I'm, on top I of makeup. I don't really like matte, so I love that mix of the dewy with mm. the foundation. But the whole um, idea behind the product is allowing women to wear confidence so we feel covered and that we can take on the day, especially for you, no matter Game what. Game face on. <laughs> no matter what is thrown at us. Um I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, like makeup and our relationship to it as yep. we get older. Yes. How is your relationship yeah. with how you mask or what your mask might be mm. now versus before? I do. I I take a lot. I am. I have a lot more pride in my routine. I think as you get older, you really see. You, did they say you get the face that you deserve at forty or something like that? <laughs> um, but I really only picked up on my regime, you know, in my mid thirties. Did I really start to care? Um, you know, I I semi am blessed with good genes in terms of my mum. She, you know, that Palestinian skin's quite tough. <laughs> um, but my now, oh, fuck, okay, fuck, I just had a revelation. <laughs> when I was younger, I have a mole on top of my lip and I have another mole to the side of my lip and my friends are going to die. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Um, but I used to make them darker. So, so I'd be, this is when I was like 21, even up until 30. Yeah. Actually, sorry, even up until 35, um, the like semi-Cindy Crawford vibes, yeah. right? And I would get a pencil and make them darker and um, that was part of my facade. That mm. was part of my thing and I'd go out and I'd get my friends on mole patrol because <laughs> I'd kiss everyone and I'd be hugging everyone that everything would just maybe end up smudged. Something happened. Something <laughs> happened at 36 and I stopped putting them on. And I, I only just was thinking then, no, mm. and I don't, no, they're, you know, just what you said, what was my mask before? Well, my mask like, now is identity. so more raw. Like I am raw, like minimal, like I do. I wear my double wear. I always have my mascara. You always do have mascara. I fucking love I feel mascara defines your eye. Because you've got such dark eyes. And it draws draws you into the eye and I define my brow. That's the centre of focus Mm. for me. It also ties in my dark roots just for balance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've stopped. Fuck, when I was younger I used to wear so much bronzer and so much highlighter and all this fucking crap. And now it's just back to the basics. Mm. It is. You're always very dewy. I love being dewy. You are. <laughs> is it balm around your? Is that the eye cream or balm that? Yeah, you put it's balm. I actually just got a new balm. Actually, they. Um, I just got from Estee Lauder. And it's called Wake Up Balm, <laughs> and um, it's anti-aging. <laughs> anyway, and I just put that on as well. Anything to be a bit shiny. I think when you're dewy. It reflects the light, and, it's and, youth, and it, and it isn't gives it? you, yeah, it gives you, it just gives you that glow um, mm. that I love. Um, what's your shade? I have three. I of have, course, you do. <laughs> when I am like more tanned, it's cashew. As I've transitioned into winter, it goes to shell beige, and then 
wintry vibes is wheat. Wheat. All three. But I use all three sometimes. Like I start to put them in different spots, a bit like contouring. I'm really exploring my... You are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really exploring all the facets of my face at the moment. Got a lot of time. Um, But like, yeah, wheat, so the lighter one around the eye. Cashew I do on my cheeks. So just... Because I don't really want to put blush and all that kind of stuff on. So I use the foundation to kind of create the, mm-hmm. uh, the depth. <laughs> Maybe I ought to get some more then because I'm ivory beige but it is one yeah, shade. Yeah, I don't believe you're ever one shade. Mm. That's a metaphor for life anyway. <laughs> never one shade. That's true. Every- um, so I've got a couple more questions for you before I let you go. Sure. Um. One of the things I love about you and also following you and even today, like mm. you're wearing like an off-the-shoulder black knit, black I've got jeans, my new vibe on today. And you're wearing I'm, these fuck-off amazing army combat boots. Combat boots. Yeah, they're my new – it's my new thing. This is a new – I've tested out my new vibe on you. It's a bit – um. I love it. It's a bit romper-stomper. Mm. But it's combat. It's chic combat. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is what I love about you is you always pull together such interesting outfits. And <laughs> some yeah. would some would say quirky, <laughs> but always cool. I feel and original. Tell us how you build outfits. Like, what is your process? Mm. The outfits built around the occasion. Like, I don't know, mm. um, going to work. Um, it's definitely how, how I feel. I've actually just managed to organise my wardrobe a little bit, not to the extent that I thought I would, but um, I think when I see everything, I, I just go with what I feel. I, I've been, I I love options and I, I can never know how to build an outfit. It is basically how I feel, how my body's feeling. So I'll play to my body. You know, I just... Mm. It, it, a lot of a lot of how I feel impacts what I wear. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if you're seeing an outfit that's quite random, <laughs> um, and a bit interesting, I'm feeling confident because mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? So today, interestingly enough, I was feeling vulnerable, and I put black on. Mm-hmm. You were like, fuck, Alison's coming over for one of those conversations. I just, I just knew that we would talk about some real shit and um, I didn't need my outfit to be um, flamboyant or expressive because I knew that I would be and I wanted to almost just mute yourself. Mute myself. Still strong, mm-hmm. hence the combat boot. What are those boots? Prada. Oh. Oh, my God. I fucking Bit of hype them. for you. They're so good. Yeah, they're very clunky. Um. But, um, yeah, shoes, I start outfits from the, the shoe too, definitely. Mm. Um, the shoe chain makes or breaks the outfit. Like, uh, you know, you could get away with wearing jeans every day, but it's down to the shoe mm. as to what you're doing. How do you, like, what do you do with all your clothes? Like, you just must have so many. It's disgusting. Yeah. I went through some of my stuff last night and had a bit of a going down memory lane of Alison, the digital publisher, where I was oh, pulling yeah. out all of the, like, yeah. Like heels, like oh, designer heels, and you should see my cupboard. I mean, I would never put them on. I just don't. I don't wear them, but I can't get rid of them. They're a part of the clothes. Become a part of my my journey for me, and I hold on to things. I I store a lot of memories in clothes. Stupid. I should I should you know make room for new. But um, I love looking back mm. and remembering. I um I had a really emotional night with it because I looked at 
you know, there was like these chocolate brown Gucci loafers I bought in Singapore on a press trip with the brand. Mm. And my presentation of myself at that point was like, look at me, like I'm on a Gucci trip. Yeah. But how I was feeling, no, 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 so sad. I stayed up all night working because I was so stressed and we were just totally under-resourced. I worked all on the plane, got off not the plane, glam- went straight to Not as to glamorous work. as it looks. And I just looked at those shoes. I felt them and I was like, I remember trying these on in the store when I was there and, you know, I was earning good money. So I just was like- But buy them. Just dropping 900 bucks on a pair of shoes was not a thing. Whereas now I think, wow, like I have to like save up to get my foils done. <laughs> right? If I, if <laughs> I had I mean? to like actually um, add oh. up- the 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 money in my shoe car. I, it, it's mm. it's not it's not a I, it's it's a crazy it's crazy why we think all that stuff's okay. Mm. I mean, I'm still victim. I'm mm. I'm here again. Oh, me too. I'm not exempt from it at all. I I probably it's more just a funding thing. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand. I don't need things. I do feel internally beautiful now, whereas I could mm. not say that for myself. I don't know if I, I still can say that. Hmm. I feel that for you. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, yeah, no. (laughs) Lots of yeah, no's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then talk to us about beauty as well in terms of like how you build outfits because you've been experimenting a bit with a red lip. You did a shoot recently and that was a – you put a close-up on your Instagram of that lipstick. Yeah, and the lipstick's called – it's by Estee Lauder. It's called Outsmart. Outsmart. Yeah, I quite mm. like the name of it. Um, look, you know what? I experimented. I don't know. I, I, I have quite full lips mm. naturally. Naturally full. <laughs> just that I <laughs> make that clear. Um, and I never wanted to draw attention to them. Um, so I just, I would never wear lipstick. But on my 40th, having lunch with my son and my parents came to say hi, I put a lip on and I, it's, it was very out of Like I only put a lip on every now and then maybe once a year. And since the, my 40th and then since the photo shoot, I've had the feedback's been like, yeah, you're a lip kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Like, so that would change the outfit today. If it I put on a red lip with this black outfit, I mean, there you go. It's It changes your whole mood. It's powerful. I feel, I feel quite sexy with a, a lip. Me too. Yeah. It's the same for my red nails. I only ever have red nails and if I don't have them, I don't feel like myself, weirdly. Yeah. It's yeah. just become the thing and painting them for me is like therapy, the process of painting them. I wish I wish I could say the same for my nails. <laughs> have you got <laughs> my little, nails? My little stubs <laughs> that I've chewed to the bottom, to the wick. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I, think, um, I think for me the red lip though is also an expression of feminine. Mm. Um, so it, it comes at a time when I really – need to feel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if you'll remember I have a final question that I ask each of my guests. It's been 19 months. Oh, gosh. No. But Uh-oh. offline <laughs> offline exists as an exploration of self and who are we without these labels. So for yeah. you, like mother, co-owner of PE, you know, this kind of social light and this very kind of very public figure. <laughs> Mm. And I see your face when I say the word social light. <laughs> That's actually probably not that accurate, really. But like um, public, social, yes, influential, influencer. <laughs> I hate all those words. But I anyway, know, I yes. Know. yes. Um, but when you get take to the question, 
and I think everyone thinks that when I read this at the end, um, when you take all of that away and you're sitting in your true self, mm. who are you and what comes up for you when I ask that? Fucking scared little girl. <laughs> tiny. I feel tiny. Mm. Yeah, I've been sitting with that feeling this week actually. Um, fuck. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just me, mm. this little, little sensitive girl that still feels like she doesn't even know the world. Mm. Even though you've like experienced it. Still feel like there's something out there, like still feel there's more to do. I do not feel 40. I do not feel, I, don't, I, 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 I actually, I still feel like I'm justice. Mm. I, I still feel like. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I even dress like a 13-year-old boy at times. <laughs> um, but when I stand with him and I look at him and we look in the mirror and I look at him, I still feel like I'm him and I can't believe there's so many years between us. Mm. I don't know where those years went and I'm pretty sure I've got a hell of a lot more. Mm. So I'm, that's what I mean by small. If I sit with myself, it's, it's quite insignificant mm. into to what I feel there is out there. Mm. You're wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, and I say that really truthfully and and I mean it like I'm very thankful for you. I know a lot of women who listened to the first episode we did also feel very thankful for you. There's not many women that model what it looks like to be real and just tell it how it is. Mm. And so that means a lot. Thank you. you know, well, because you put yourself out there. Yeah, I just it's exposing. I can't, I can't. I think growing up, I I did live a little bit of a double life. You know, like trying to be who I thought I had to be versus who I am. And now I don't have time to keep up pretenses. Mm. Take it or leave it. This is me. <laughs> well, thank you for sitting down with me again. I loved it. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, I want to go back online, offline. <laughs> I'm going to get your jumper. Yeah, I'd love one. It's such a good color. You can have black. I want this color with cream writing. Oh. Or you can have this with black, or you can have bone with bone writing. Oh, bone with bone. Yeah, chic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bone, bone with bone. Go with my combat boots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.